Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. You will notice today it is only me. I'm flying solo. We're trying something a little bit different because I'm keeping John Gastaska out in the field, making, uh, trying to make some deals. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's a busy guy. So he's got a lot of energy, but sometimes our schedules just don't allow. So wanted to today just do some FAQs like we've done in the past, get a little bit of information out there to everybody, get answers to those questions that people may have when they start to look for a, a place here in the city and uh, in the co-op world in specific, we've got some different nomenclature than what you normally see. So first and foremost, uh, what is a flip tax? So a flip tax is the term that we use here uh, really only in a co-op and it's a building imposed or a co-op imposed transfer tax is the way to think of it. It is uh, structured many different ways. Typical structure of it is either a uh, percentage of the purchase price or a percentage of the net profit even. Sometimes it maxes out. Sometimes it's by the size of the unit. Normally, it's just a percentage of the purchase price. It, sometimes that scales depending on how long you've owned the unit. But generally speaking, I would say 75% of the time, it's just a straight percentage, no matter what. And at the end of the day, they don't really care who pays it. Uh, agents, brokers, many times will say, oh, the buyer, it's paid by the buyer, but it is always a negotiating point. I will say one caveat to that is I, we did a deal where the co-op forces the buyer to pay the flip tax. It was very strange. At the end of the day, you just negotiate a lower sales price, but they just made it adamantly clear that they want the check at the closing to come from the buyer. Long story short, co-op only, always negotiable, usually a percentage of the purchase price. So question two I wanted to address was subletting your apartment. Sublet just is the common term, although it's not technically correct in a condominium, but in a co-op it would be because you are a tenant shareholder. So you actually have a lease with the cooperative, you are technically subletting your apartment. In a condominium, you're the owner, so you're really leasing the apartment. But what we want to talk about, what I really want to focus on is condo versus co-op. The condo is very simple. The only rule that a condo is going to put in place is that it needs to be a 12-month lease, only because they don't want these buildings and these owners doing revolving doors. They want to know who's in the building, and they don't want it a new tenant in there every month or every week. Um, the co-op is going to restrict much more. A typical sublet policy in a co-op is going to say, after you own it for two years, you can rent it, say, for two out of every five years after that. It will have to be a one-year lease as well. But the co-op also many times imposes a very substantial fee on top of it. So much like a flip tax when you go to purchase, they will have a sublet fee that goes on top of any rental amount that you pay. So many times with those time restrictions and the additional fees to rent a co-op, it just doesn't make sense. Point is you have to look at your each individual co-op to figure it out. Question three for the day is, what is really the difference between a real estate agent and a real estate broker? Now, both are basically they're two different licensure levels. Uh, New York State has an entry level, which would be a salesperson, which is generally referred to as a sales agent. And then the broker's license. Really, the difference between the two 
you have additional schooling when you go from a salesperson to a broker. In order to qualify for you to do that, you have to be in the business for a couple of years. You have to show that you've done some transactions um, and additional schooling, as I mentioned. Um, and then you also have to pass another state exam as well as a school exam. So salesperson, I think it's 75 hours. Then you have to take the school test. Then you have to take the state test, pass both. Additional 45 hours to become a broker, uh, as well as being in the business a couple of years and showing that you actually did some business. Um, and then again, pass the school and state exam. They are interchangeable in the city. The one thing that we don't talk about or the one uh, terminology that we don't use to refer to a broker or an agent is realtor. So if you want to sound like an, a savvy buyer, uh, do not use the terminology realtor. That is actually reserved for NAR members, the National Association of Realtors. And if it's actually not allowed for us to even call each other realtors, um, but outside the state, everybody's an NAR member. So it becomes the typical terminology term to use is realtor. Now, when you move from a salesperson to a broker, the one ability that af that affords is that you can go out on your own and start your own brokerage business, such as a Corcoran, Douglas Solomon, Sotheby's, Brown Harris Stevens. I could start John and Jonathan Sell NYC Real Estate in New York City. I'm not ready to do that because, frankly, come on, it's hard. It's a it's a it's a tough business, and I don't want to do all the paperwork. But I could if I wanted to because I am a, a licensed broker, as is John, for many many years. Uh, our title technically transfers to associate broker because we are still sponsored by Corcoran, by Pam Liebman as the president of Corcoran. She's the broker of record and sponsors all of the brokers at the Corcoran Group in New York City. So. Those are the differences. If you have any other questions on any of these things, of course, reach out to us. We love to talk to everybody. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. And as John would say, enthusiastically remain in gratitude. Thanks for watching or listening to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, comment over to our website, johnandjonathansellnyc.com. Or you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere else with the handle at John and Jonathan Sell NYC. If this show was entertaining, helpful, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are some of the best ways of supporting our efforts, and we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in. We can't wait to share what's coming up next. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.